Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. If you're looking for a great cable with a 100-year warranty, look no further than sinusoid.com. They make cables. And smiles. And this show possible. That's right. They make this show possible with their generous money that they send to us. That Steve and I get to put in our pockets so we stay motivated to keep making this, this podcast that you love listening to. So if there's any reason to support a cable company, I'd say it's because they support us, right? It's a good reason. What about the, all the people in the inner circle that send us money? Those guys are awesome too, but we don't do sponsorships for them. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this episode is also brought to you by Moniker Guitars. Uh, we are currently demoing uh, through their one of their Rival Series models. Yeah. Uh, it's a fantastic little player. I think I will have the uh, official demo up for it this week. I wanted to spend a week or two just getting familiar with it and playing with it before I did the demo. Uh, but yeah, I, I've been having a bunch of fun with it. I'll say that right now. I think it's a great guitar, and I think its price is completely appropriate for its quality. It's a, it's a great playing guitar, and I think it looks really cool. <laughs> it's got just a really unique, uh, cool look to it. So go check out Moniker Guitars. They, uh, they make a wide range of products, so there's a lot to choose from there. But the Rival series is... is Passing the test, as far as I'm concerned. I think it's a neat guitar. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar... Buying, trading, fixing, modding, oh, playing, off reviewing. off the rails already. Oh. The guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. There we go. I did it. Thanks, I don't even. Ryan. I don't even do that in the in the YouTube videos. And I just haven't memorized thanks, from listening to you. Thanks for the assist. <laughs> Good assist. All right, let's just jump right into it. You got anything new, Steve? Uh, nope. And then you're supposed to ask me if I have anything new. You got anything new, Ryan? I do, Steve. Thanks for asking. That's so just like generous of you to ask about how I'm doing and what's going on in my life. Uh, So I've had this Fender Reverb. Ah, can't talk. I've had this Fender Reverb unit for, I want to say, a year and a half now. And unfortunately, I haven't gotten a lot of playtime out of it because it always seems like it's kind of bugging out on me. So uh, a couple of weeks back or a week or so back, Blake Wyland picked up a Premier Reverberator unit, which is also a different version of a, uh, a vintage spring tube reverb unit from the 60s. And it inspired me to go finally open up my Fender reverb unit and see what the heck was wrong with it. I tried to do that uh, months back and I just ended up changing a cable in it because I thought the cable was a problem and that wasn't the problem. It was still, it was doing like this like thing where the, the wet signal would cut out on me. Weird. And it was super annoying. So I opened it up and I detached the, uh, the reverb pan. And when I do that, it works perfectly. Hmm. No problems. And then I put the pan back on I put the whole thing back together and it's like farting out on me again. I couldn't figure it out. So I pulled it apart again. Right. And I realized that uh, in the Fender Reverb units, there's this whole system for when you're transporting it. You got it in your car. Mm-hmm. You don't want the springs to bounce all over the place. So there's a metal bar that you press in and lock it into place and it holds the whole reverb tank and all the springs involved tight against the baffle and there's a piece of foam that engages with the springs to mute them 
So what was happening is the springs were getting caught on that piece of foam and it was muting the whole thing. Oh, weird. And it was like the foam was just too big and the springs were too close to it. So I took like a long razor from a safety cutter. Yeah. And I just shaved the foam down a good like two eighths of an inch. What is that? A quarter inch? Yeah. Can you do the math? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and it completely cleared the foam away from the springs, and it works perfectly now. And I'm so excited! I finally then, wh- get so, to use this reverb unit that I've had around forever. So has it always been, had this problem? Yeah, it's been like off and on since I got it, and it's just been super frustrating. And it's a bummer because I paid so much money right. for it. They're not cheap. I mean, it's the cost of like two modern pedals. It was like it was like three seventy five, four hundred, something like that. But still, it's a bummer that I haven't been able to use it. And I'm in a surf rock band. I should be using this thing. Um, so now it's totally functional. I'm excited to use it and haul it around with me and, and do recording projects with it. Uh, but I've, sl- I've lost some of that muting function where it doesn't, the springs don't fully press against the foam anymore, but honestly, I'm completely fine with that. I have amps that I transport in my car where I can hear the springs bouncing all over the place. It's really not that big of a deal. And those reverb pans are pretty affordable. They're like 20 bucks. It's not a big deal yeah. if they do bounce all over the place and they break. Like it's not an, not an expensive yeah, fix. Yeah, like those things you're really like paying for the circuit and everything else going on. Oh, totally. I mean, it's basically an amp that's just dedicated to reverb. There's like there's like a there's two transformers in there and three tubes and you know a bunch of other stuff going on. Um, another thing, since I got it working, I was so happy. I celebrated by buying an alternate uh, reverb tank for it. Uh, it, it comes stock with the standard Accutronics tank. And a lot of people say that if you buy the, uh, the mod tank version, that it's a lot closer to a vintage sound. Hmm. So I spent 30 bucks and I ordered a premium reverb tank for it. Cool. So I'm looking forward to that showing up and I'll probably do a video shootout comparing the two tanks just to see how they sound different. Yeah. And if they sound different and at then all. someone will be like, Oh, well, you might have moved the microphone in between these two things, so your sampling isn't accurate. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have the reverb unit on a table, and I'll record a guitar loop Ah. before the the reverb unit, and then leave the amp and the mics in the same place, same settings, and just swap tanks and be able to get a comparison that way. Instead of like, you know, doing playing different and stuff. How will they know that you didn't move one of the knobs on the tank? They won't know. They'll just have to trust me. Or maybe I'll take a video shot of the knobs and then they can look at the shot, you know. (laughs) That one moved uh, 12 twelfths of an inch. You you see this later in the day and the sun heated up the room and it made the tubes react differently. So that's why it sounds differently. It might not sound different at all. It might sound the same, but people make big claims about these things. So I want to check it out. It's worth the cost to me to explore this. So I'm going to have some fun with it. Yeah. All right, do we want to get into it? Do we have any house cleaning, cleaning or uh, other things to tackle before we get into that? Uh, yeah, let's drop this one right at the top. Uh, we're doing a Christmas music episode, so if you've got oh, yeah. a, a Christmas song that you recorded, whether it's an original or a cover, and you want to get it onto our Christmas episode, uh, send it to us, 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, Christmas lands on a Monday this year, which means we're just going to do this, uh, you know, kind of like... Christmas song compilation with maybe a little bit of talking between us and between the songs as our official Monday episode. 
So we're relying on you guys to send us content for that. So please send us songs. It doesn't matter if you sent them to us before previous years or uh, if it's something really old or something you're not even proud of. We'll enjoy listening to it. I yep. promise. All right, let's jump on this ad. We have got a Fender guitar here in air quotations. Yeah, this uh, ad was sent in by Ryan. That's me. Oh, that's you. Yeah, I found this. It's local. It's up in Oceanside, I think. Oh, man, this... I mean, yeah, it looks like it's from Oceanside, right? <laughs> Total Oceanside diss. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what this even started life as, I know. Actually. Part... When I look at the headstock and how big the uh, the truss rod hole is, I kind of get like a Univox vibe. Is that you, weird? You, no, I know what you mean. Um, <coughs> it's also got a Gibson-style nut on it. That's not a Fender nut. Oh, weird. Which makes me think like 70s import. Yeah, no, this is definitely... I, I'm definitely leaning import more because of the way the... Uh, also, string through the, hardtail. The routing is... Um, well, the routing makes me think that that's a home route. No, I think You don't that's, think so? I think that's factory. That's so sloppy. Yeah, no, that... Well, that's import. That's import routing from, like, the 70s and 80s. Some oh, of them... so sloppy. Some of them are pretty bad. You know what? The worst thing about this is actually that the, the body... The wood of the body doesn't look too bad. Like I like that natural. Well, it looks like it's about a fifteen-piece body. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of strips of wood in this thing, which isn't bad. I actually don't like the. I don't mind the look of the wood. Yeah, but it looks like this thing has been in a monster's armpit for sixty years. Like it is so gritty. Yeah, and I'm talking like a slimy, gross monster. This thing looks nasty. There's a part the back of the neck. In one of the pictures, uh, it looks like uh, it's got a skunk stripe, but it's not. That's just grime. Oh, it's just greasy. It looks like, you know that scene in, in Fight Club where they're trying to steal the, the fat out of the liposuction dumpsters? Yeah. And like the bag rip opens and sp- spills everywhere. It looks like it's spilled onto this guitar. Like, it's that nasty. Yeah, it's it's just completely gross so for the for the most part this thing is not together it's just a neck and a body there's no pit guard there's no bridge there's no even output jack cover on this it's just a strap body with a neck it does have tuners and it has the nut but you wouldn't be able to pick this up and be able to figure out if it plays well or not when you picked it up um and i think that would be a big gamble they want 60 bucks for this thing i'm i'm thinking half at best I, w- I would want to pay $20 for this. The only reason I would pay 60 is if they were like, if they could provide the make and model of it. Like if they said this is a Univox ripper or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which I don't think it is. No. I don't think this is anything interesting. So uh, another odd part about this is, is that, that they're holding the neck in place with wood screws. Yeah. The neck is held in place by two wood screws without any neck plate and without any washers. There's just two screws holding it in. Yeah. So you're gonna have to fix that. Also, did you see the, uh, the interesting bridge situation that it's like, a st- Oh yeah. That there's uh, like two, there's like two thumb screws for like a, uh, a floater. Like you're supposed to put a trapeze on this thing, or like a like a tunematic or something like that, right? But that's not stock. It's drilled for a uh, a string through hardtail strap bridge. Yeah. So someone at some point had like a 
either a tunematic or like a harmony style bridge on this or something like that. This guitar has been on a journey and I feel bad for it. It needs to be put out of commission, really. Mm-hmm. Like this is the uh, this is the dog at the pound that everyone looks at it and like, yeah, that dog's not going to get adopted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the body, somebody spray painted in like block lettering mm-hmm. fender. On the back of the neck, somebody spray painted in like uh, lowercase block lettering that almost looks vaguely old English. The the name Joe. <laughs> so I think we, we can either blame Joe for this, or we can figure that this was done in tribute to Joe. What's really funny about Fender being stenciled on the guitar body is that it's upside down. It's for the benefit of the person holding it. It's so to remind you that you want to be playing a Fender, but instead you're playing this. Why would anyone do that? It's the weirdest thing. It's yeah, so no weird. This is the craziest junk pile I've ever seen. I If it's still up... Even though it looks so nasty and you're probably going to get diseases if you are in the same room with it. If it's still up, I might write this guy and offer him 15 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I wouldn't be surprised if it was still up. And honestly, like, you know, aside from like the fender, which actually also might look like it's clear coated into place. Like you could probably sell the body on eBay for like 15 or 20 bucks. If you cleaned it first, it, I wonder it if would these, really depend on how hard it is to clean all this stuff. It looks so grimy. It looks really bad. It looks like someone had like just oily goo all over their whole body and played this thing naked for years, for decades. This is the bad relic. This is a bad kind of relic. <laughs> Well, it's an honest, real relic. That's for sure. (coughs) All right. Do we have anything else to say about this garbage pile? No, it sucks. It super sucks, and it's way too expensive. Oh, gross. I feel dirty. I want to give this thing... You ever see, like, the, the, the gif or the video of the person, like, washing a guitar with soap? out in the drive driveway they're just scrubbing it with a big sponge and a bunch of soap and a hose that's what this guitar needs it needs to be out in the driveway it needs to be like hit with a power sprayer and a bunch of soapy suds nasty dude all right let's jump on this uh next topic we're gonna kind of recycle content from last year (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that i mean if you really look at our body of work it's all the same episode yeah every episode's the same Yeah, we just talk about ugly, awful guitars or guitars that we think are cool. Yeah, so I think it's that time of the year to look at... uh, Maybe we'll do a 2017 one. That's what I'm uh, saying. If if, uh, you all have suggestions, what we're going to talk about right now is the uh, Guitars Gift Guide. Um, Last year, we put up an article, and the title was 2016 Guitarist Gift Guide for Shoppers Who Have No Clue What to Give a Guitarist. So this is us revisiting that and just kind of uh, refreshing it, I guess. Yeah. So first on the list for what to buy is guitar strings. Yeah. Uh, I think this year we've seen a big uh, kind of one of the shifts we've seen, and maybe it's just proximity effect. I don't know, um, is more people that are who are willing to try premium strings. Yeah. Whether um, was it like I think 
Ernie Ball came out with some strings that are like crazy expensive. They're like the Ernie Ball Platinums. Is uh-huh. that is that right? I don't remember the, the like specifics, 30, but I know what you're talking they're like about. Thirty dollars a pack or something. Um, I, I might be thinking it might be a different brand. Um, they probably were out last year in 2016, but I didn't really think about them too hard. Were like the Diodario NYXLs. Uh huh. Um, so last year, you know, we said string subscription, and, and maybe as an addendum to that, I would say like premium strings. Buy somebody a pack of premium strings. In the uh, grand scheme of things, as far as like gifts go, it's not that big of a deal to go spend 25, 30 bucks on a premium set of strings. Our, our buddy, uh, Gabriel Sonoro, who's been a supporter of the show in the past, he makes just about the best damn strings you'll ever find in the world. And what are those costs? I think they're like twenty five bucks to start or something. Yeah, like that. something like that. Oh, that's just me bad. guessing. Steve is furiously uh, searching on his phone to find the real price. But uh, we've talked about him before. Gabriel hand winds those strings, and when I say hand winds, his hands, his bare fingers are on the string, wrapping the coil around the outside of the string, the wrap around the outside of the string. And then on, uh, I think on the premium sets, he'll do like silk wraps around the ball ends. So if you're shopping for someone who has a specific style guitar, he can make a set that will be custom made just for that style. Say it's like a jazz master or some sort of like fun Gretsch or something like that. Yeah, Just a basic electric guitar string from the GTS.co. The GT rounds uh, start at twenty one dollars. Um, that's for the basic, and that's a that's a great gift if idea. If you want to, you know, he's got a few artist series uh, type deals. Am I talking about the right thing? Maybe yeah. I'm not. But uh, and then another option for strings is if you know you're not confident ordering a set of custom strings for from Gabriel or, or whoever else you find that makes custom strings. If you walk into a guitar center or any guitar shop and they have like a big box of like Diodario uh, strings mm-hmm. for like a good deal, like 10 sets in a box, you buy that for someone that's a guitarist and they're going to get use out of that eventually. It might take them a couple of years, but they're going to use all those strings even if there's not the same brand of string that they like to use, every now and then they're going to have some guitar around. They're like, I just want to throw strings on this thing and play around with it. I don't want to commit to my other strings or I don't have a set of strings. It's always great to have backup strings. It's the sort of gift that no one's going to be mad about because they're going to use it. What do you, what do you say, Steve? I, sorry, I got really lost because I'm on the GTS.co Apparently, Paul Frank uses Gabriel Tenorio strings. I'm not surprised. He's up in there in that L.A. scene. Uh, so that's cool. Yeah, Paul Frank is a is a cool guy in the guitar world right now. He makes straps and all kinds of stuff, and he's a he's a player and likes cool gear. I follow him in, on Instagram. He's a guy, you know. That's the next thing. Number two on the list is straps. Yeah, you could totally get Paul Frank to make you a guitar strap for your loved one. Remember Paul Frank? With that, with that fun little monkey character? Yeah, Julius. Yeah, he's still out there making stuff and making it by hand. Uh, and he makes guitar straps that are really freaking cool. Um, so that would... I don't know how much those cost, but that would be a great gift for someone, especially someone who already likes that aesthetic. But straps in general are a great gift. Um, yeah. You can go to... You can walk into any guitar store and they're going to have a bunch of straps. You can find something that's got a lot of personality that you think will fit the personality of the person that you're buying for. Uh, and I have a ton of straps around here. I always need an extra one. 
I'm leaving straps on guitars and moving them around. And it's like always just a little bit of a pain when I got to like pull one off another guitar and put it on a new one. Mm -hmm. I prefer to just leave them on my guitars if I can. What's a little funny too is I found that I have like preferenced um, straps to where like I pull out certain guitars now. And I'm like, this strap just feels all wrong. Yeah, you have to have the right strap for the right guitar. And there's a lot of room. Like, if you're, like, the cool, crazy, like, uncle type in this right. gift-buying situation, you can get your niece or nephew or grandchild or even, like, your kid or your partner, whoever. If you want to get something funky, there's a lot of room to get funky, weird stuff yeah. in the strap department. I've been seeing know? a lot of, like, the classic-style uh, woven straps are kind of getting a, having a big resurgence uh-huh. uh, over the last year or so. Um those are like really, I think, kind of as you see more like indie and like country influence on like kind of underground, yeah. underground rock scene. You see a lot more of like woven. Like strap if you go stylings. over to uh, like Soldier Strap, you can custom build straps that have all the different like vintage patterns on them and yeah. stuff. What was the other brand? There's Soldier uh, Strap and couch, couch. Couch is a big one. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about ESO straps uh-huh. last week. Uh-huh. Um, There's a ton of strap brands. You know, Levy's is one that you find kind of in every store. Yep. Uh, so there's a lot of brands out there. Um, we're still big fans of Barefoot Buttons. Yeah, that's number three on the list. That's made the cut from last year. I mean, we really thought this list out last year. So it's like this stuff is just going to hold yeah. up. I feel like I feel like there's probably some other um, – I, I don't know. Would you – Here's a here's a question. Lay it on me, man. Would you uh, give somebody a triller as a Christmas present? It, I would as a joke, not as like an actual gift. No, I mean it's a gift, but it's like when you give like that novelty gift to someone that you have like a fun relationship with, right? I would give the triller. I would give those finger guards, you know, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, barefoot buttons are still a solid gift in my book. He's, uh, they've come up with a couple different options recently. They have, uh, like there's some pedals that have the led with like the little metal ring around it really close to the foot switch. Yeah. And you can't put barefoot buttons on those. He's come out with one that's got a completely flat bottom, which means that it's compatible with those kinds of pedals. Interesting. Cause I actually have like a couple pedals that I tried to put a barefoot yeah, on and I couldn't do it. And then he's got the tall boys, of course, which are great for pedals that are on the back of people's pedal boards. And they're just a really colorful and affordable gift that most guitarists will get use out of. If you know someone who's an electric guitarist, a barefoot button is a great gift. Like people might not even know that they want it, but they get it and they'll use it and they can use it over and over again for the rest of their life with whatever pedals that they have. And it's just a solid thing to have around. I use my barefoot buttons all the time. I always have like at least two or three of them on my board at any given time. It's not the sort of thing where you need to have them on every single pedal, although some people do that. It's like if you've got two pedals that are close together or like at an inconvenient height, it just helps even that out. You know, it makes it a lot easier to reach your pedals. Like I said, great gift, totally affordable. You could buy someone like three or four of these and not break the bank, really. As far as gifts go. And then, of course, number four, cables. Yeah, got to get a cable. You have to get cables. Everyone needs cables. I mean, I'm, I have tons of cables over here. We have a cable sponsor who sends us cables when we need them. 
And it's it's still like I always feel like I need one more cable around. Yeah. If you buy a guitarist a cable, it's going to get used. It's going to be a useful gift. And there's all sorts of fun options out there. Of course, you can go on sinusoid.com. There's a lot of fun color options with, uh, you know, just the cables in general or putting colorful TechFlex on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, It comes in a really neat, like, box when you order them. Really nice packaging. Great option for a gift. Of course, you could walk into any store and buy any cable, and whoever you're buying it for is going to appreciate it. There's all sorts of different, like, versions of cables out there with different looks and different features. And you could really go crazy shopping with those. Patch cables, too. Patch cables are a great gift for anyone who has pedals and pedal boards. They always need a couple extra patch cables. I was uh, rewiring my board the other day and, like, couldn't find patch. Oh, geez. Why did I buy all that other Black Friday stuff when what I really needed to buy was a power supply? (laughs) (laughs) The next thing on the list, number five, is a looper. Uh, last year we listed uh, did a loop, did a looper specifically, yeah. but I feel like this year there's a lot of options out there now. Yeah, TC's uh, the Flashback Two and EHX's the Canyon both have built-in loop features, and they're both delay pedals too, like full feature yeah. delay pedals that give you a lot of fun other things, but have a looper built in. If you know someone who just likes to hang around in the room and jam on guitar like some annoying teenager, they're gonna love having a looper because it allows them to record a guitar track and play leads over it and practice. It's a fantastic practicing tool. Um, yeah, great gift. Great gift idea. My worship leader, I think this past summer bought a looper for his son for a birthday present oh, yeah? and was asking me for opinions on them. And I recommended a few different, uh, brands to him. I think he ended up going with the boss RC, the th- three, RC3? That's, I, think? I think, the basic one. Yeah, it, but that's a great looper. Like, any looper pedal is going to be a great gift if you're looking to spend, we'll call that, you know, in the the $3 mark price range. Like, you're going to spend probably 100 bucks if you're get, getting a nice looper. Uh, I think the Ditto loopers are like 60 bucks or something like that now. Mm-hmm. So that's more of like a stocking stuffer level, depending on your budget, I guess. I don't know. If I was buying a looper for my kid and it was 60 bucks, I'd be like, ah, that's a main gift. That's <laughs> a gift under the tree. Yeah. <laughs> and then number six, random used pedals. I think this is one of my favorites from the list. Mm-hmm. You can go into any guitar shop or pawn shop or cruise Craigslist. And if you bought just any random guitar pedal and gave it to a guitarist, unless they're a brat, like just an awful person, they're going to be like, yay, cool, a new pedal to mess around with. Even if they already have that pedal, yeah, you can stack it. You know there's going to be some guy Stacking out, you know, pedals is awesome. You know there's going to be someone who's like, if I got a metal zone for Christmas, I just, uh, why, why did you even bother? Well, yeah, see my previous comment about brats. You yeah. know? Like, if I got a metal zone for Christmas, I'd be like, oh, man. Uncle so-and-so, aunt so-and-so, you're the coolest. Like, this is so much fun, (laughs) you know? (coughs) That's a great idea. Number seven, gig bags. These can get more expensive. Uh, I just got a mono case this past year, which is like a 200-something dollar investment. Yeah. But it's something I'm going to use for decades. I have a case around that my parents bought me when I was a teenager. I'm still using it. Mm -hmm. And they're just a necessity, you can get cheaper gig bags or you can get more expensive ones, but you're going to be somewhere in between 
like 80 and 275 bucks or something like yeah. that, depending on what you buy. I honestly wouldn't buy a super, super cheap, super thin gig bag because that's not going to do anyone any favors. That's the sort of thing that just gets given away with guitars. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't go cheap on a gig bag, but don't, right. you don't need to go super expensive either. If you're, if you're in the $100 mark, you're probably getting something nice. Uh, like I said, I got a mono case, a uh, Gator makes really nice bags mm-hmm. that are comparable and more affordable. Uh, I'm sure Levy's makes some bags and various other brands that you can just check out in guitar shops when you walk in. Do you have anything to add to that? Nope. Uh, number eight was pedal kits. Um, I haven't been following the kit market a lot this year uh i know obviously like a lot of these brands are still available um build your own cone build your own clone general guitar gadgets um mammoth has kits mammoth has kits jhs has kits oh yeah yeah are they still, those are sold through stumac right i think so and yeah. they're they're kits of some of their discontinued versions of you know like tube screamers and other pedals yeah. and stuff like that so that's uh if you know someone who is uh looking to get into uh, learning more about effects and and how to build them and modify yeah. them and whatever. There's a there's a great gift for that person. That's a more involved gift. Like if you if you know this person well enough to know that they'll like to put circuits together and solder things, uh, then this is a great gift for them. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'd love to hear your suggestions <coughs> for great gifts. Uh, let's should we sl- go through the not what let's to- slam through the what not to buy. Uh, novelty shirts, uh, don't buy that. There's a thing you said I, um, recently to me um, that you don't wear clothes that you can buy at a guitar it's store. A pers- it's a personal rule. Don't wear anything you can buy at Guitar Center or any other guitar store. That's hats, that's shirts, that's shoes, belt buckles, the whole thing. What you if know? you didn't buy it at Guitar Center but it is also sold at Guitar Center? I would avoid it if it's sold at Guitar Center, especially mm. hats and shirts. That's what I'd say. So I know it's tempting. It's, it seems like an easy gift, but I'd just avoid it. But I'm saying, like, what if, like... Oh, let's not, I thought we were going to do this quick. Okay. Uh, any guitar amp the clerk at the guitar store recommends because they're just trying to sell yeah. you something, maybe. They're just trying to move product to make and their boss gonna, happy. you're going to spend a lot of money on something that doesn't have universal utility. Yeah, and also, they're talking to you. They're not talking to the person who the gift is for, so they have no idea what that yeah. person wants. Uh, novelty guitar gifts. <clears throat> uh, yeah, no one, nobody really wants a... A lamp. lamp. No one wants uh, a lamp shaped like a guitar. No one wants a little statue I, I of someone say, playing a guitar. I will say one exception to this. Okay, lay is, it on me. Uh, is themed Christmas tree ornaments. I think those are cool. Yeah, that's because, appropriate. Because they only come out once a year. They're thematic. They're dual thematic because they're both a, th- both a thing that you're into and they're Christmas. The thing that's a bummer about getting a Christmas ornament for a Christmas gift, though... Is that you're not going to see it for a year. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. But it's like the sort of thing, like, there's people in my family who will use, they'll give a Christmas ornament every year, but it's like the tag on the gift. Right. Right. So that's a fun thing to do. Uh, guitar shop gift cards. Um, that's just so, so Everyone's impersonal. online. You know, I don't know if I feel as strongly about this now as I did then, uh, but I do, like, you know, some of these, like, I guess, like, if you got a Guitar Center gift card, because that's what we have a picture of, you could use it at Guitar Center online. We talked about how a lot of people are using online stores. But, you know, if it's if it's a really local place or, like, if you're sending it to somebody, they might not even have a Guitar Center near them. And that's yeah. where you start to really run into problems. Um, 
you know, I did say, you know, use a preloaded Visa card or just straight cash because I mean, this is then the, you can spend it anywhere. This is the gift that you give to that brat I was talking about earlier. The person who you know is just going to be a little pain in the ass no matter what you give them. And they just want cash, but you don't want to give them cash because then, you know, they'll use it on drugs. Starbucks or drugs, you know. So you give them a gift card to, oh, 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 to make sure that oh. they're buying something at the guitar store. Uh, that was a that was a trick <coughs> trick statement there because Starbucks is a drug. Yeah, chemical addiction, guys. <laughs> That's it. We did it. We made it. Sorry if that was boring to people who are normal listeners, but who cares? Let's jump into the next ad. Our sponsors probably care. They do. There's. We should have thought this out farther in advance and sold spots on this to sponsors oh my gosh uh this uh this next ad is a custom shop les paul acoustic quintuple a flame maple ebony fretboard tree of life inlay and ultima neck um oh okay so this this has a few different okay it's an acoustic it's an electric it's both have you ever seen one or played one no. Truly a one-of-one one Gibson Les Paul Custom Shop guitar. The 2001 Gibson Custom Shop catalog featured the acoustic on f- the front cover. And on the inside, introduction f- photos show that the exciting new Les Paul acoustic electric guitar, the acoustic with attitude, will be available in two finishes, translucent black and... Tan- oh, good Lord, this is a long art th- piece. You don't have to read the whole thing. It's, it's got a bunch of features. It's got a LR Bags pickup. Um, uh it's a PZO pickup, so it's just in the thing, the in the saddle. The volume and tone controls are hidden in the upper bout. It's got this quintuple A flame maple top, which does look fantastic. Oh, it's very pretty. Uh, it's got this crazy tree of life inlay. Um, oh, it comes with a beautiful handmade natural leather strap with shallower gold strap locks also oh, included. Exquisite. It's got a, a Gibson Custom Shop Art Historic Locking 5 Clasp Hard Shell Case. Um, the first two people to purchase these apparently were Rick Nielsen and Joe Perry. I'm sure they just shopped all day for them and totally didn't have just the roadie spend money no, on apparently whatever. Apparently, they were at the 2002 NAM show and uh, got bought them there. Here's at, my question: at the NAM show. They bought them, and I know I'm coming hard and fast on this thing. Uh, they bought them. Were they ever cited playing them? Did anyone ever see these guys playing these guitars is my question. Has anyone ever seen anyone playing these guitars in public or in studio? I don't, I don't know, right? Apparently there were um, – it's believed that there were less than 200s of these. Um, 200s? Multiple two, 200s? 200s. There are <laughs> less than 200 uh, sold in its two-year run. Uh, this particular one for sale – comes with a uh, certificate of authenticity oh, and, good. and evaluation from 2012 from the uh, from Grun's uh, guitars. So that way you know uh, how much it's really worth. I wonder um, how much Grun charges to give a certificate of authenticity. I have no idea. Do people bring you know random guitars in there? Can you make sure this is authentic? So it's like, yeah, this is an authentic Mexican Stratocaster. So apparently, like the in 2002, the Plain Jane acoustic. With trapezoid markers, which you also included a picture of, uh-huh. uh huh, what listed for fifty six, uh, basically fifty seven hundred dollars, 
Then uh, doing full body binding is $900. The Ultima neck is a $1,200 option. Ebony fretboard was a $650 option. And the Tree of Life was another two th- was a $2,000 uh, option. So it's like basically this one that is on this reverb listing is all the options. Yeah. Imagine the savings at $1,200, $500, you know, $12,500. Yeah. yeah. I got to say, honestly... I like the look of the the one with the trapezoid inlays better, and that that cherry burst. Right. I would probably, if I was ever in the market for one of these, I would go for binding on that just to break up the edge. Mm-hmm. But I think I like that look a lot better. Um, this is an interesting concept in that it's a Les Paul style body yeah. with no pickups, no controls on the front of it. And the wood is carved up around to this bridge, like acoustic bridge saddle. It's a very interesting and creative look. I think the price and the opulence of it is just over the top, though. And when I look at this, I see a guitar that no player actually buys. Like, this doesn't doesn't go into playing rotation for anyone. This is like an investment piece, which is such a Gibson thing to do is to make guitars that are just investment pieces for, you know, <laughs> people who are speculative guitar collectors. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine someone playing one of these because there's no way it's like going to replace someone's acoustic if they need an acoustic on stage. And it's definitely not going to replace anyone's electric. It's just, it's a museum piece. Yeah. Uh, it's a really hard thing to search too. Yeah. I'm not seeing any on Well, that's eBay. because I everyone be who, su- bought, who bought them 12 year, 15 years ago yeah. just stuck them into their private collections. They're probably all under glass. I wouldn't rich be surprised homes. if, you know, what this guy's saying is correct, that there were, you know, that there were less than 200 made and sure. whatever and, and all this other stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just kind of like... Uh, I'd rather know, like, see a different company run with this concept and make a a $1500 guitar out of it. You know what I mean? That that carved top with the the acoustic bridge saddle and making it an acoustic guitar. I think it's a cool look, but I'd like to see it in more of a plain style at more of an accessible price. Because if you're if you're someone who's playing an, an electric guitar that's actually an acoustic guitar, that's a niche thing for you already. Yeah. No one's buying this as a main guitar. Like, that's part of the issue with me, I think, is that this is not a main guitar in any respect. It's a side piece. It it's is. For that- it's kind of a thing, you know, it's the kind of thing that, like, maybe, and this is the problem is, um, this is, like, one of those things where... Um, you own one, like maybe because I don't know, like the only people who, you know, they talk about like Rick Nielsen and Joe Perry. And I feel like that's the only people who would like own this is not necessarily like those people, but someone who like already owns a bunch of Les Pauls. And it's like, Oh man, like twice a year I do a stripped down acoustic set. Right. What if I had, a guitar like that this, was exactly like my other ones. This guitar would have lived well in that hair metal acoustic ballad space. Right, like every right. like you, if this song, if this guitar was in the uh, "Every Rose Has Its Thorn" music yeah. video, it would yeah. have been a hundred percent appropriate. But I mean, it's, I just feels like it's out of its time. It's too opulent for 
anyone to actually need. Like, there's better solutions out there mm-hmm. for actually doing what this guitar does. It's just a collection piece when I look at it. That's really my gut on it. Yeah, no, no I mean, it, I, I think you're right. I think this is kind of in that same category as, you know, the mil- the num- the Martin number one million or oh, whatever. Oh, totally, you know, totally. All these things were like... Or Martin it's every show piece. Martin every year has a bu- puts out a bunch of show pieces that everybody freaks out about because they're like who's going to pay ten thousand dollars for this? Yeah, guitar? but they only make one or two of those. Yeah. Uh well, they usually like I think, they did that marijuana guitar this last year. They didn't make a a, a run of those, right? They didn't make two hundred of but those. Like, it was a one off. So I know in the past when they've done like the the CEO series, they've done um like. I think 12 of each and they'll do like eight or nine different models. Uh huh. So there's that, but even like a run of 200, I feel like maybe it's not limited enough. 200 is a significant amount of guitars. Like yeah. People- but when you're not actually hand doing, I don't want to say they're not hand making any of it, but I think, you know, a, a run of 200 is a, it's both a big and a small number, if that makes sense. It is. Like, if you think about 200 guitar guitars for, like, a small shop, that's still, like, four employees working for a year and a half or something like right. that. Like, that's a lot but, of... But what I also mean is, like, like, the amount of man hours for Gibson right. to do, like, 200 of these is probably, like... Because similar, they set up, they set up jigs and templates. Yeah, it's yeah. probably a similar number of man hours as it takes for Martin to do like their heavily inlaid stuff because those inlays are, you know, require are much more labor intensive. Sure, sure. Though this one does have the uh, the ultimate or the Tree of Life inlay. Oh, everyone wants that Tree of Life for some reason. It looks tacky to me. I I much prefer the uh, the trapezoids. On the I can't base model. see anything that's Tree of Life and not think of the Schecter C1 Classics <laughs> that had the, like, the, I think they call it the Vine of Life inlay. Yeah. It's probably personal style, but I just feel like the crazy inlays are too opulent to actually be interesting. Yeah. Hey, right. Like, no one, no one from the audience can see that what's actually going on in those big, extensive inlay murals. Yeah. It's just, it's for the player. And the player's got to have really fancy pants taste to like that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Just give me a little dot. That's all I need. Or a, a simple trapezoid, and I'm happy with inlays anyways. Or just give me those shark fins <laughs> on a Jackson Randy Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> I used to want one of those. One of those shark guitars. All right, let's uh, jump onto the topic. Yeah, 12-string guitars. What do you know about them? Well, what, what uh, Bruce Kumquat asked... Why no love for 12 strings, I think is what he said. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have it up anymore. Um, 12 strings, your, your gut reaction. Thumbs up or thumbs down, Steve? Um, it used to be super thumbs up, and now it's kind of like meh. Yeah. Every time I think about owning a 12 string, I'm like, man, I don't love tuning that much. <laughs> it's twice the tuning, and I never play anything that requires that sound. But, I mean, you, you could make an argument that there are ways to achieve that sound on the cheap these days. Yeah. Or with, like, pedals and whatnot. Like, if you're running, you know, like a, a, a POG from EHX or the Pitchfork or even, you know, like the, uh, the sub-octave, the sub-and-up from TC 
or what was, you know, there's, there's various octave pedals out there that can give you kind of a 12 string sound. Uh, I kind of wanted to play around when the, with the mimic when I had it and mm-hmm. putting an octave on one channel of it and then mixing it back together. Cause it gives a slight delay oh. and that would have given a, like a slight delay to give you more of like a 12 string effect. Yeah. But there is nothing like the real thing. And you know if you need an acoustic 12-string or an electric 12-string in your set, it just seems so specific to me. And it's another thing where it's like, that's, is that your main guitar, really? Right. Or well, is that a side piece? And I knew guys who like would play 12-string all the time, but they were usually like second acoustic guitar in, in a group. Yeah. Um and I think part of that might have been that part of been why the, that might have been part of why when I first started playing guitar, I was really fascinated by them and thought they were really cool because like I knew these guys who had them, um, and you know I didn't necessarily think about the fact that they were using them for something specific. They were also like older guys who probably like grew up on the Eagles. Right, right. Uh, and the birds that and stuff. That one song from the Eagles um, that has 12-string guitar. <laughs> and like, well, you know, like some Zeppelin stuff has 12-string. Someone's going like, to write us angrily and be like, there's all these songs from the Eagles with 12-string guitar. What are you talking about? Well, there's only one song that I know of. Right. So deal with it. Um, but, I, you know, there is something like th- that's a very natural that very natural chorus sound oh, that, very, that sounds really great. It's a very beautiful sound it's you just get from twelve string. Super versatile. No, um, and like you said, I never thought about it being you know young. Like thinking about like now, I think you know. Oh, if I break a string, then maybe I can replace one string, or I'll replace them all. You know? Oh gosh, yeah. I think um, I'm breaking strings on. A but now string. it's like you break a string on a twelve string. I guess you could replace one string. You saw the option. But if you are a replace them all like person because you want you know even new string tone, uh-huh. like mm, have fun with that. Yeah, that's and gonna I be guess, a fun like, afternoon. I guess changing you know once you once you strings. signed yourself up for that, like it is what it is. Um, I'd still like to get a twelve string at some point. Um, I don't know what I would use it for at the moment, but <laughs> it still seems like a fun idea in my head. It's just not something where like. I walk around going, man, I sure wish I had a 12 string. Yeah. It's the sort of thing with me where when I think about it, be like, that'd be a fun thing to bust out at church and play like a, a song with a 12 string, uh, like play lead on it. But then I'd want to like mix in like a regular guitar. Right. Oh, I could get a double neck. And then I start thinking like, holy hell, I don't want an 18 string guitar. Yeah. No, you really have to like... <laughs> You really have to have a plan for it, and yeah. you know if it's. I I honestly like. I know that they. I know they exist. I know some people are into them and whatever. Like, I have almost no instrument interest in a twelve string electric guitars. Yeah, because that's like a whole other thing. I my uncle offered me his twelve string acoustic. It was an mm-hmm. ovation years and years ago. He's like, hey, you should come by. Sometime and I'll give you my old ovation 12 string and you can have fun with that. And I was really excited at the time, but then I never got excited enough to drive all the way out to Palm Springs to pick oh, it up. Geez. <laughs> yeah. So I think if it had been any other guitar, I would have made that trip, <laughs> but I just never got excited enough to, like I said, drive out there. It, what is yeah. that? Like a two hour drive one way? At least. Yeah. And you're driving out into the, that heat. 
and the hot, Palm hot, Springs. But I'd heat. done big drives for other guitars before, and it was during a time of my life when I had the time. So that's, right. that says something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if you need a 12-string guitar, you know it already, and you don't need anyone to tell you that you need it. Yeah. If you don't need it, then you probably are like us, where you ha- entertain thoughts about it from time to time, but never pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we, like, I, like I talked about hitting that sound with pedals, and you can definitely do that if you need to fill just you know, like 30 seconds of an intro in your cover band or whatever. But if you're a 12-string enthusiast, you just need that real thing. Yeah. You need the real deal. Should we jump on the last topic? Or yeah, add? this last uh, ad was sent by Alan Chappell. Um, it's a Line 6 Pocket Pod, but this guy's asking $100 for it. And he'll throw in the last scoop of peanut butter for free. This is one of the craziest, like ad photos i've ever seen this person must be like a product photographer or something like that <laughs> like a dark like silky background and the peanut yeah. butter sitting in a piece of like crystal like glassware and there's just mood lighting and the line six pocket pod looks so sexy it looks like they this person usually photographs condoms or something like that, like or like sexy candles. Yeah, it's sitting on like an on a loop of uh, out of focus Christmas. Oh, is that what lining. it is? I thought it was like a crystal bowl. No, I think those are. I think that's like so. That's the lighting, kind of fancy then. lighting. Oh gosh! So that's why it's like up lighting, and then there's some kind of overhead chandelier looking <laughs> thing, or I don't know what. And it's um, sitting on a jar of crunchy peanut butter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like they know. Like, they have to know this is ridiculous. Yeah. But $100 for the pot. I mean, these are $130 new. They go for like $40 on the used market now. Yeah. And you can pick up a, a pod XT for like $80 yeah. but used dude, now. That last scoop of peanut butter. <laughs> That's a $50 scoop right it's there. It's a peanut delight crunchy uh, peanut butter. <laughs> I don't know anything about them. I've thought about picking up uh, a Pod XT every now and then. Not the the, the Pocket Pod, because I think that's stupid. Just the full bean? Yeah, the full bean. Uh, well, that's what you had before, right? Mostly just as a way to like revisit it and maybe make some content out of it. Right. And see if it was still good. Because I thought it was good when I had it. Who knows now? Like, yeah. well, how, how would it stack up against the Katana? You know, that's what I'm wondering. Um, but the Pocket Pod, definitely not for $100. Not even with a full jar of peanut butter. I'm going to say it. Not even with a full jar. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah. All right. I, how many jars of peanut butter would you think it would take to make it worth $100 with this, uh, this pocket pod? Um, at least 12. 12 jars of peanut butter to make it or, it'd have worth to be like $100. Organic peanut butter. Oh, you want the organic stuff, huh? Yeah. Can, the, I, can I rant on peanut butter for a minute? On organic peanut butter? I Steve, guess. can I have your permission to rant on peanut Are butter? Are you going to complain about the oil separating? Nope. I'm going to complain about organic peanut butter. Being gritty. Because it's gritty. You've seen me rant about this before on the internets. Uh, Skippy and Jif have both come up with organic versions of peanut butter that don't have all the sugar. They don't have, you know, extra salt and extra oil and all that. They just have the same ingredients that, you know, whatever peanut butter you get at Trader Joe's or Sprouts or World Market or whatever. 
and they still make it the same creamy, awesome texture that I love. Right. It's because it's a mechanical process, and the organic peanut butter people refuse to do it. I like that texture. I would buy organic peanut butter with is it, what is with, it really just a mechanical process? i don't even care about organic i like i would buy sugar like peanut butter that has less sugar in it if it was that same texture mm. and it's an it's totally a mechanical process the organic grind like peanut butter grinders are using a different machinery because gritty peanut butter reads as more natural to people who buy that stuff but i want that texture i love that creamy texture so that's my rant anyways if anyone out there makes organic peanut butter, go buy one of the machines that makes it super creamy. Because Jeff can do it, Skippy can do it, it's because they have the machines to do it. That's my rant. Do you think I should post this as an excerpt on I don't know. YouTube? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to read about... Uh, I'm not going to read about all this. Don't read about that. I'm sure someone will have other opinions on this. And maybe someone out there is a peanut butter maker and will be able to tell us how it, how it goes. But it sounds, it sounds like made, it might just be because of uh, because the smaller companies can't afford the machines. Probably. It's probably a really expensive machine. I, though, have made homemade peanut butter in a food processor at home. And that got, was also smooth. And gotten it creamier. I haven't gotten it as creamy as, you know, Jeff or Skippy, but I've gotten it creamier than, you know, your organic brand's peanut butter, mm. you know. So it, they're not doing their due diligence in the grinding of those peanuts is what I'm saying. Now I feel like I need to go and grab a jar of organic Skippy and compare it to a jar of whatever and see what, like, go line by like line. Like the, uh, the ingredients? Go line by line down the ingredients because the uh, apparently, at least according to Livestrong, the grittiness comes from, uh, or you can eliminate the gritty, or you can make it more creamy by like adding oils. So maybe they're just like, no, we're not going to add like any non-peanut oils. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, big thanks to our sponsors, Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. If you're looking for a cable with a 100-year warranty, that will be awesome. And something about snakes behind you and smiles and <laughs> other things, uh, head on over to sinusoid.com. Yeah. Sinusoid Cables. They make cables and they make the show possible. Also, big thanks to Moniker Guitars for sending us a rival series to check out. It's been a bunch of fun. I'm really looking forward to getting this demo done. I think people are really interested in these guitars and want to hear what we have to say about them. Yep, so can, check out that demo. Uh, learn more about the Moniker Rival Series at monikerguitars.com. This week's song was sent to us uh, by Shannon who is in a band called um, Mutiny at Midnight. The song is called Brick Dust Blues. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. If you want to send a song to us, you got our email address. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.
Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. If you're looking for a great cable with a 100-year warranty, go check out a mile in the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go check out a mile in the moon. Mile in the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you want to try again, Steve? <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to stop laughing? <laughs> yeah, I do. That's all I want to do. Let's have some fun. <laughs> okay, do it, man. Do it. Hey, guys. This episode is brought to you by Cheryl Crow. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> Cheryl, send us your money, and we'll talk about you. <laughs>